Jesus, in these next few minutes, help us to understand the mystery of Christmas a little bit more. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, great to have those of you out there in the lobby with us, those of you in the community center, those of you at home watching online, all of you here. Merry Christmas. So happy that you are here. Recently, I heard a guy talking about how he was swimming laps in an Olympic-sized pool in his city, but he got bored of going back and forth, back and forth, kind of repetitive, and he noticed that there were some folks in the deep end diving off the diving board, and it seemed like they were having a lot of fun because he could hear a lot of noise. He decided that was better, so he got out of the pool and was just kind of in his own little world, kind of zoned out, got, to the, got on top of the diving board, and only then did he notice this banner that said, Regional Diving Championships. <laughs> and then he looked down, he saw this table full of people looking at him, and then looking at a piece of paper, and then looking at him, and so what could he do, right? He dove in, and, and then as he was getting out of the pool, they posted his scores. <laughs> one, one, one. And nine, for sheer chutzpah, probably. <laughs> now, I wonder, do you ever feel like you are in some kind of repetitive cycle, like swimming laps, back and forth, back and forth? Maybe sometimes it just feels like life is that way. You know, you, you go to work, you make money, you buy some stuff, rinse, repeat, same old, same old. Maybe it's cycles in a relationship where you sort of, you fight, and then you make up, and then you get better, but then you start it all over again. Maybe there are cycles of dysfunction in your family generation to generation. Maybe it's just a, a habit you can't break, or maybe just the problems in our world that just seem to come back over and over. Christmas shows that Jesus is a cycle breaker. Jesus breaks all the boring cycles in our lives. He breaks all the destructive cycles to give us something brand new. In the Christmas story, the why, after the wise men visit Jesus, it says they return to their country by another route, which is a way of saying that once we encounter the real Jesus, not the Jesus of religiosity, not the judgmental Jesus, not the wimpy, meek and mild Jesus, but the real, radical, making new of all things God in human form Jesus, when we encounter him, we can never go back to our same old, same old again, because Jesus is a cycle breaker. In a couple of ways. First, Jesus breaks cycles of, of disappointment to bring us hope. The gospel writer Luke begins his Christmas story with a couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. And their disappointment is they haven't had any kids and they are getting older. But then an angel shows up and says, you're going to have a baby. To which Zechariah says, how can this be? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. <laughs> One that diplomatic of him. Right? Basically, you know, this is, this is impossible at our age and maybe not even desirable. I mean, Medicare's not going to cover this. But Elizabeth gives birth to G, uh, John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, as a way of showing even the circumstances around Jesus' birth show that he breaks cycles of disappointment to bring hope. Second, Jesus breaks cycles of sin and dysfunction to bring wholeness. You know, the cast of characters in this Christmas story are a pretty sketchy crew. The wise men, for instance, would have raised all kinds of red flags because they were astrologers, which meant they worshipped stars, which in that culture would make them idolaters. Right? So if you were making this story up, no way would these guys make an appearance. This just kind of gets to the historicity of this text. You wouldn't make that up. Right? Nonetheless, God comes to them, and he, gets, he, uses, he uses a star. They're astrologers, so he uses a star to get their attention. Because God uses the stuff of our lives, our jobs, our hobbies, our relationships to get our attention because he cares about even them. 
The Gospel of Matthew begins its Christmas story with a genealogy, a list of begats. I mean, talk about repetitive cycles, right? And they are Jesus' ancestors. Here are just a few of the highlights in Jesus' family tree. One committed incest. David was a murderer. Jacob was a swindler. Jacob's sons attempted fratricide. And you find your brother-in-law irritating. Right? Like, like Jesus is, is, is born into a family that has had cycles of dysfunction for generations, giving hope to people with difficult families. But not just folks with difficult families, but people like me, who, you know, not just messed up families, but who are messed up ourselves. Because I don't know about you, I have this incredible capacity to screw up my life and do amazingly stupid things. And I think we all have that. We all have stuff we've done or haven't done that we feel shame and remorse over. Sort of like an old story where I have a dream that I go to heaven. And there are these clocks all over the wall, old-fashioned kind, with the hands. And I ask, what are those? And St. Peter says, those are sin meters. And every time you sin, your sin meter gives a little tick. So I, I look around, and I, I see Rich Leatherberry's there. And his isn't moving at all, because he's so holy and everything. <laughs> you just kind of can tell by looking at him, right? <laughs> but then I see my wife's, and hers is ticking like every 30 seconds. And I'm like... Well, I could have told you that, right? And then I, I look around, and I, I, but I don't see mine. And so I say, well, I don't see one for me. St. Peter, does, does, this, does this mean I'm not sinning anymore? St. Peter goes, no, 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 no. They keep yours in the office. They're using it as a fan. <laughs> that would be me. But here's the thing. Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for our sins. And whatever that means, and however that works, it means that heaven is not like that. God is not keeping score. In the Bible, God says, I remember their sin no more. Jesus breaks our cycles of brokenness and makes us brand new. I have seen marriages on the verge of divorce, seemingly beyond repair, invite Jesus in, begin to love each other the way the Bible says to love each other, and those marriages become fantastic. I've seen Jesus heal relationships between parents and kids, between friends. Jesus makes all things new. We do not have to keep repeating the cycles of brokenness, even if we think we've inherited them. A while back, uh, I was with a friend of mine who knows that my wife is Chinese, and he is Asian himself, but he's never met my family. And the thing is, my kids do not look like me. Like, I got completely lost in the genetic cocktail. <laughs> so I, I showed him a picture of my kids, and he looked at it and he goes, man, those Chinese genes really dominate. And, and then he looked at me, he goes, the force is not strong in you, young Padawan. <laughs> kind of a timely metaphor that, that with Jesus, his spiritual DNA dominates all of our brokenness, all of our sin, and he brings wholeness. Third thing Jesus breaks is he breaks our routine cycles to give us something bigger. I mean, just look at Mary, right? She's engaged to be married to Joseph, planning a wedding, registering at Nordstrom, all the stuff you do, right? And then Jesus just steps into her life and messes up her routine in a major way. But also makes her part of something bigger because suddenly folks are getting healed and a movement is started that continues 2,000 years later. One thing is absolutely for sure, Jesus will mess up your comfortable routine. He will absolutely mess with your comfort zone which is connected to my last point, and that is Jesus breaks our complacent hearts to make us healers of his world. Because there's an awful lot that needs healing in our world, isn't there? 
You know, we sentimentalize Christmas, but what I find endlessly fascinating and moving about Christmas is, in spite of all of our sentimentality, it is actually a dark, brutal story of a Middle Eastern poor teenage girl giving birth in a stable in absolute poverty to show that Jesus steps into even the darkest of situations to make him brand new. Recently heard about a man named Dave who was living the normal American middle class life, doing, you know, doing all of that stuff. But Jesus kept giving him more and more a heart for the poor and just compassion for the poor, which over years eventually led him to move to Mumbai to work to, to help victims in the sex trade industry there in the red light district and all the victims of exploitation in that. And one day he heard that the girls who died were just being dumped in the streets. And then a little while later, he saw a young woman whose corpse was being carried through the streets, and her name was Rita, and when she died of AIDS, the madam just told four other girls to take her body and put it in the dump, local dump. So Dave and his colleagues came there with stretchers and sheets and flowers, and they sang and they prayed over, and they gave her a decent burial. And one of the girls there asked him, why would you spend your own time and your own money on someone you don't know? And Dave said, well, because Jesus sent me here, he gave me compassion for what's going on here, and he sent me here to tell you that he loves you and he wants to make your life new. Well, that was the beginning of Jesus' rescue work there, and today 400 women are being rehabilitated, given job skills, a new life, and hope. Jesus disrupted the cycles of despair and exploitation, and Jesus broke into Dave's routine and gave him something much bigger, harder for sure, harder, but much bigger. Here's, there's one thing for sure, Dave's not bored. Now, you don't have to move to Mumbai. You know, many of you have found all kinds of fulfillment mentoring someone who's younger. My dad, who is 81 years old, leads a Bible study in a jail. The prisoners love him. He loves the prisoners. He gets a ton of energy. He gets to see their lives transform. He gets a ton of energy from it, which is why when you meet him, he doesn't look 81 at all. Jesus is our cycle breaker. Maybe for you, that means a marriage that needs to be healed. Maybe it's just a rut you're stuck in and you're kind of bored. Or maybe you don't know where your life is going or what to do with it. Maybe it's to feel forgiven and free of shame. Or maybe for some of you, it's to find out who this Jesus person is. Whatever it is, Jesus disrupts, disturbs, and turns upside down all our repetitive cycles in our lives. Now, truth in advertising, that is always uncomfortable. Just got to be honest. That is always uncomfortable and challenging, but it always leads to life and to action, and to the making new of all things. There's a man in our church named James who wants me to use his real name. And he used to be a heroin addict. And one day a friend said to him, James, do you have any idea how much Jesus loves you? And James says, how could he love a piece of garbage like me? And the friend said, oh, when you say that, that is when he pulls out all the stops to show you his love. Well, eventually this friend paid for James to get into rehab, and James became a follower of Jesus, started coming here. And one Sunday we handed everyone a dead stick, and we told him to drop it in a hole out there in the front of the church, and we were going to plant a tree there as a symbol that God brings life out of death. So for James, that dead stick represented his addiction. So he tossed it in the hole, and he said in that moment he felt a spiritual power come into his life that he'd never known before. And he said that was when my addiction broke, and that was the beginning of him getting clean and sober. But there were still challenges because a couple years later he did something pretty stupid and ended up having to go to prison for a couple of years, which was devastating because James's dad, all of his brothers, and all of his uncles had been in and out of prison their whole lives, and James never wanted to repeat that family pattern. But there he was, 
But I and other people kept telling him, Jesus is a cycle breaker, and when you get out, you're going to set a new pattern in your family. And I told him about how this is something very important to me because I am the son and grandson of cycle breakers. As many of you know, my dad was raised in extreme poverty. At times, they were homeless. My dad's dad was abusive, then abandoned the family. It was behavior that he had learned from his dad, my great-grandfather, who had been in prison. Nobody in my family had ever gotten past the eighth grade. But my grandmother decided that all ended with her and that all six of her kids were going to go to college, and she got her done. And as a result, all those generations of poverty and dysfunction did not get to me or my siblings. My dad and my grandmother were walls that held all of that back from us. I always kind of picture my grandmother like Gandalf. You shall not pass. She stopped it, and Jesus helped her. Well, James liked that. He thought that was inspiring. And he said, but I need help doing that. I think I need a dad, because mine was lousy. So I connected him with a retired guy in our church named Gary, and he just became kind of a stand-in dad for James. In fact, Gary, just this week, told me that this is one of the most joyful, meaningful relationships in his whole life. See, you don't have to go to Mumbai for fulfillment. God nudged Gary to be a stand-in dad for James, and it's given all kinds of meaning to his retirement, way better than, than golfing. Well, now James is out of prison, and he is going to chef school, which I just love, right? Like, ex-con chef. Like, I see a reality TV show in his future. Right? And, and when I texted him to ask permission to share this story. This is what he texted back to me. He said, I want you to use my real name because maybe someday someone will want to talk to me about something they're going through. My finals were today. I think I did pretty well. I'm shooting for the dean's list again, which he made. This from a guy who dropped out of school at 15. Also, I have my amends, step nine in the 12-step process with my former girlfriend on Thursday. Please pray for Jesus to be there hanging out doing some good old-fashioned Bible healing. This is just to right my wrongs and make amends with her which he did, and it went very well. Now, James still has a lot to overcome. It's not all easy sailing from here, but he's sober, and he's following Jesus. And whereas his dad and uncles and brothers have spent their whole life going in and out of prison, James is going to be a chef because Jesus is his cycle breaker, and James has the courage to follow him. Now, I get that prison isn't your issue, just guessing, Right? But let that story give you hope. If Jesus can break all of those cycles for James, then what can he do in your life or mine? Because Jesus is the cycle breaker. I'll close with this. This summer, my daughter was preparing for a driving test, which, so we had to kind of practice for the dreaded parallel parking exam. And I wanted to inspire her by telling her about my parallel parking prowess, you know, how I can parallel park in a stick shift in downtown Seattle on a hill during rush hour, in the rain. Boom! <laughs> I figured that would inspire her. Not so much. So we practiced over and over and over and over. I mean, just forever. And she said, oh, finally she said, oh, you're going to use this as a sermon illustration, aren't you? <laughs> yes, on Christmas Eve, right? No, oh, following Jesus is hard, but you just have to keep trying. Well, that, that's, that would be a good use of that story. But I actually think it's the opposite. With Jesus, your life is not practicing parallel parking over and over and over. It is not just one darn thing after another. And past performance does not indicate future results. Because Jesus makes all things new. And that includes you and me and this world that he loves so much. Amen. Amen.
The Christmas carol, one of my favorites, puts it very well. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophet bards foretold. When with the ever-circling years, see, there it is, one thing after another. But with Jesus comes round the age of gold. And peace shall over this whole earth her ancient splendors fling. And you and I and this whole world send back the song that now the angels sing. So Jesus, that's what you do and no one else does it. You make all things new. So please do that in our lives and in this world. Come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel, and we will be grateful people. In your name, amen.